Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today I have... Tyler Mattingly, he is from all the way down in Texas, and he's here to talk a little bit to us about politics. So Tyler, just introduce yourself, tell us, myself and the listeners, a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, thank you for having me here, Sam. Um, Not much to say, my name's Tyler Mattingly, I'm a young man born and raised in southern Texas. Uh, coming from a very conservative state, I've seen my family go from dedicated Democrats all the way to Trumpian conservatives. Uh, I was raised with that shift all the way through school and all the way through college. And I believe that that experience has given me a unique outlook on life as I've gone into the working force and really begun my life. All right, so Tyler, you mentioned that you were in college. Talk to us a little bit about your college experience, being conservative on campus, just what that was like. Well, I was blessed with attending Sam Houston at the height of the quarantine for COVID-19, which already put a strain on everything. If you weren't eating lunch, you were basically just trapped in your room because there was no classes available in person beside the select few teachers who didn't really care. As for being political on campus, it was honestly hard because the Republican party at Sam Houston was not really that well organized. Uh, To be fair, neither was the Democrat side of the option either. The bigger issue though, was being in a school that parts of it are very conservative and the other parts are very liberal. Because you have to walk a very fine line to not anger either side. Because, you know, nowadays you can get canceled for saying just about anything. And as someone who's not even on social media, that's not something I want to happen and I don't have any say in the matter. You, You know what I mean? Right, right. Now, there's a lot of people that will say college students and younger, I would say, shouldn't be involved in politics. Of course, when you're transitioning from high school to college, you're in a weird period to where you're finally being able to get the right to vote. You know, you're able to join the military. You're paying taxes. There's all of this that comes up. So, Tyler, my question to you would be, would you urge 
younger people to get involved in politics? And if so, what advice would you have for them? Oh, oh, absolutely. It is my firm view that there's this older generation in politics that just keeps saying, oh, let us handle this when we understand what we're doing. But it's that same generation that has created all these problems, that's created this ballooning debt, the inflation that we're fighting with. So if people like us, younger people, don't get involved, this country is going to be gone before we even get you know, into our mid-20s and early 30s. So if you're a high school student or you're a college student and you want to dip your foot into politics, whether it be liberal or conservative, the first thing you need to do is research. Now, I'm not talking, you know, jump on Wikipedia and try and figure out what's going on. I'm saying try and find your news sources that you like and that you can trust and go from there. Because as they say, knowledge is power. And not at the moment, not enough of us have enough knowledge to try and fix the problems that are being generated in this country. Right. So you had mentioned right before we got on the call that you were working in the education system, the public school system, I believe. Tell us what you're seeing. Of course, in Texas, it's more conservative, of course, than places like California and New York. Is there much of a difference, though, at the local level? Because I know where I'm from, Marion, Virginia, it's a more rural place, I guess you would say. And it seems very conservative, but inside the schools, the public school system is very liberal. So is there a same effect going on down in Texas? Oh. That's just the thing. And no one really likes to talk about this. But when it comes to education in Texas, it's kind of like a magician's sleight of hand. Because on the outside, we have all these like, oh, look at the school that was number one or check out how many of these students went to college. But on the inside, it's, it's utter chaos. I mean, Texas has shifted the requirements to where you don't even have to attend kindergarten anymore. Like you can send kids there, but it's not a requirement. Which means you have some kids entering first grade when you're learning basic math and reading who don't even know how to read and write. And and that's a big issue. And then there's other students where they just they don't know what to do with them. So rather than put them in extra classes for tutoring, they just push them ahead to the next grade and just hope the teachers there can fix it. And it's, it's even worse because these teachers that they're relying on are retiring or quitting in droves because they don't want to deal with it. Now, let me ask you this. We're, we're talking about Texas, but do you think this is something that's happening just in Texas, or do you think it's more of a national-wide thing? Because personally, I can see that you know, here in Virginia, of course, each state has their own individual laws, but would you say that this is more of a Texas thing or a country thing? Oh, I would not be surprised at all if this was a countrywide thing. The the issue with trying to put it across the country is you're trying to base it on politics that are very different. Like in a state like New York or California, teachers might be quitting in droves because they don't agree with the subject matter. Whereas in more conservative states like Texas, they're simply quitting because they don't have the resources necessary to teach the kids. So I would not be at all surprised 
if these kind of issues are happening in almost every state across the union and they're just kind of being glossed over because they're not as important as topics like immigration or crime or drugs or whatnot. I hear you on that. And education is something that not a lot of people focus on, just like what you said. And it's something that people need to be focusing on. It's so important really teaching the youth to become effective leaders in society, but to become effective members of society at that. So you were talking about resources in Texas and teachers not necessarily having those resources to perform their jobs very well, at least. What solutions could we put forward, not just as a state, but as a country, to ensure that teachers do have the resources that they need to succeed? Well, one thing I would say is much like how people talk about there needs to be a lockbox on Social Security, there needs to be a lockbox on the taxes that are designated for the school. Like a big issue in Texas is the schools get the resources that they're designated by the state. But if there's extra taxpayer money in those districts, they're supposed to go to poorer districts that need the funds. But instead, in Texas, that extra fund is simply taken and put into the general pot that the government uses. So taxpayer money, which is designated for the schools, is instead being taken and used for other government projects. And I'm not sure how many people know that. So I think if the taxpayers are paying for schools and they want their schools improved, that money should go towards it and not some random project halfway across the state. Right. Now, one conversation that a lot of people discuss when discussing education is, of course, taxes, but there's also another topic. There's school choice. So talking about the resources and equipping teachers with the resources to help themselves and students succeed, do you think school choice is a right move to where students can have the freedom and ability to go to different schools, to private schools specifically. And of course, should those funds be transferred to private schools if a student transfers? Kind of like a stipend, I guess you would say. That's a very interesting idea, actually. And it's something that I've thought about a lot. Like when I'm discussing with fellow staff or uh, just general friends who are curious about the education industry, They bring up all the time, well, we have these private schools, and these private schools are doing much better than the public schools. So I have people coming up to me because I'm I'm in the education field and asking me, well, do you think that my child should stay in public schools? To be honest, I don't know how well I can recommend that because the state governments as well as the national government is giving no attention to these major issues that need help, like teachers quitting in droves and the lack of resources. So to a parent out there that wants to know if there's a better option for their kids, yes, I believe that school choice would be the best possible option because it allows the parents to try and preserve the future of their kids that the government is clearly failing on in each and every step. And it's only getting worse year after year. Right. And I think one of the biggest issues with doing school choice, of course, like what you were just saying is, Putting that lockbox on the designated funds. 
I feel like, because the whole concept behind school choice is what I was just saying. The course is like a stipend that each individual student has, and then that money just follows the student. Not necessarily, well, if this school is failing, then they get the same amount of funding, regardless of the fact that, you know, 300 kids left and went to private schools. So that's kind of the concept of school choice. But let me ask you this. Through having the National Department of Education, we have to have standardized testing. And standardized testing is something that isn't necessarily a party issue, but more something that people themselves just create an opinion on. So there's the argument of having standardized tests, making those standardized tests mandated, and then there's the argument of decreasing the number of standardized tests or getting rid of them altogether. Now, Newsweek, they come out with an article, and it said, I want to say it was about $1.7 billion each state spends on standardized tests, and that number fluctuates as far as like, per capita as far as students are concerned. So, like, Virginia, they're paying $1.7 billion, and California is paying $1.7 billion. But the price per student goes up and down in compliance with, you know, the population of that state. So if Virginia has a lower population, then they pay more per student per test. And then the exact opposite for somewhere such as California. Anyways, they all pay about $1.7 billion. Do you think if we were to decrease or get rid of standardized tests altogether, do you think that would help the education system or hurt the education system? I honestly believe that it would genuinely help the education system. Now, I'm not just saying this because, you know, I hated taking standardized tests when I was in school. I hated it. But at the same time, at this point, from what I'm seeing, for, for my experience here in Texas, kids are not even meeting the requirements, let alone exceeding them. Some kids are outright failing them. And now the teachers have like two months to try and prepare these kids for a, a test that's going to determine whether they have to go back a grade, repeat a grade, or move forward, which is nerve wracking for a kid. Like your whole entire future is going to be determined by a single test when you spent the entire year maybe learning different things because some students were behind or maybe an emergency happened and your teacher had to leave and was replaced. So I think forcing these standardized tests on the kids is only serving to stress them out, make them worry about a single test. And as for teachers, is simply just acting as a benchmark to see if they're doing their jobs rather than encouraging them to go out of their way and try and teach these kids. And you're absolutely right. I've always said that a similar thing, that it's a benchmark test. And I think there's other ways to make sure a teacher is doing their job effectively without spending $1.7 billion. And just like you were saying, it stresses children out tremendously. I'm a high school senior, and I've not taken a test in a year. And I'll be honest, it kills me. And it stresses me so much of even the thought of having to take another standardized test. Of course, I know I don't have to, but if someone was to tell me tomorrow that I had to, I I would be so stressed and so anxious about it. And the thing is that 
it does seem like a three-digit number that will change your life forever. And the reality of it is, is that it may. Just like you were saying, it determines if you stay, it determines if you go. As far as grades are concerned. So are you going to graduate with your friends? Are you not going to graduate with your friends? Is that going to put you behind starting college or your career, etc., etc.? I think there's a lot that can go into this one specific conversation. And I think it's a conversation that isn't necessarily discussed as much as it should. But, uh, you know, Tyler, I've really enjoyed discussing this with you. Education, as I just said, is something that needs to be discussed a heck of a lot more than what it is today. With the current issues that we're having in education, whether it's books, allowing um, boys and girls restrooms, sports controversies, all of that. What's your take on that real quick? Honestly, it's yeah, I turn on the news and I just find myself so annoyed that we're having these arguments over bathrooms when there's kids who, for example, have behavior issues and we're not hiring enough behavior issue specialists for them. Or we have kids that have serious medical needs, but we're having issues finding assistance for them or even school nurses. It's these kind of issues that make me wonder, like, why are we sending these kids to college and they're racking up $100,000 in debt? And then they just, it seems like they have no future because education is entirely given up on them. Like, when I graduated from Sam Houston, I got as many congratulations as I got get ready to hop into the master's. I, I didn't have another twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to drop on a master's degree. And I was struggling to find work after spending $50,000 on a bachelor's degree. Can you imagine what it takes for some of these teachers to get hired that have to get master's or doctorates? So I can see why we're having a hard time hiring teachers when it feels like they're getting nothing for all the debt they're racking up. And these issues like, oh, what kind of bathroom does this person need to take? Or these drag shows that they're taking kindergartners and first graders to. It's honestly a sickening state to look at compared to when I first entered school back in the mid-2000s. Right. And Tyler, thank you so much for coming on today. I've appreciated talking to you. You had some wonderful insight about the education system. Is there any final thoughts that you have before we end today's interview? Uh, I guess my, my final thoughts would be, if you're listening to this and anything that I've said or Sam here has said, has concerned you get involved like everyone says like oh local politics is the most important well it is like you can vote for president all day long but you know mr biden isn't going to care about tyler mattingly or sam widener you know who is going to care the person whose job is directly tied to your vote like a school board member or your local mayor so get involved check out what's going on in your local schools and if something bad is happening you get together and you stop it yourselves. You don't wait for somebody to save you. That would be my biggest recommendation to anyone that is concerned with the the education system today. All right, well, Tyler, thank you so much. That was a very powerful message, especially there at the end. And ladies and gentlemen, just like Tyler just said, if you are concerned by anything you heard in today's interview, 
Don't sit back and watch. Get up and do something about it. But that's all we have for today's episode of Rant World Conservative Podcast. Follow me on social media at RantWorld1776. Look up the website at RantWorld.org. And as always, shoot me an email at RantWorld1776 at gmail.com. Thank you.